Greetings, I'm Karen Colligan, and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast. I'm the founder of a leadership organization called PeopleThink, where I created the Keep It Real Leadership Program that equips and elevates emerging and advancing leaders. It's all online and can be done anywhere, and it can be done at any time. What I know for sure is all leaders lead differently, and that's the beauty of leadership. It is so important to understand what your unique leadership style is. Now, that word is worth repeating, unique, because everyone has their own leadership style, which will inform how you're going to help your team and help your organization move forward. You got to be real and you got to be bold and you got to drive to take action. Because let's face it, people look to their leaders for vision. They look to their leaders for coaching and growth opportunities. And this is why, as a leader, you want to be crystal clear about your unique leadership style and competencies and be the leader only you can be. The whole purpose of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast is to speak to a variety of leaders who are in different industries with different titles at different levels to better understand their unique way of leading. We're going to ask each leader the same six questions so we can provide you with a diverse way of looking at leadership. We want you to find those treasures that will help you be the best leader only you can be. So let's get moving and talk to our next leadership guest. In this episode, I am thrilled to be speaking to Patty Clark, who is the Global Chief Talent Officer for the Havas Group. We're going to hear all about Patty's approach to leadership. So Patty, welcome and thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Karen. It's great to see you and I'm really pleased to be here with this conversation. Thank you. Oh, good. I'm so excited. Can't wait to chat. So here we go, Patty. Um, you and I met uh, years ago, and we met through Lumina Learning, a global provider of people development solutions, when Lumina worked with you and your team to create the Fem Forward Leadership Program at Havas. So I really understand your commitment to leadership and the importance of building a strong leadership bench for Havas. I mean, that's what leadership is really all about, who's ready to take on our positions as we continue to grow and move forward. So, so Patty, tell us a little bit about who you are and what the Havas Group is all about before we get into the leadership conversation. Sure. So Havas is a global advertising, marketing, communications uh, media organization. It is based out of France and we have 20,000 employees globally across our three primary networks, which are a creative network, a media network, and a health network. And my role at Havas, um, I'm the first ever chief talent officer of the group. And I really spend my time thinking about how we can make Havas a meaningful work experience for our employees. And my focus really is on how we do that through a variety of programming, through our culture, um, how we develop our leaders. Um, so it really crosses a wide variety over what's our overall talent strategy, really, and what are the levers we're going to use to 
deliver that and ensure that we have the talent we need to do great work for our clients. Wow, that's fabulous. And what what's great, Patty, is you said you're you're the first global. And so when you think about what we're going to be talking about, leadership, we're talking about people development, it's really about what is for the enterprise and how it does go across the cultures, the geography, and the demographics of, of who's in Havas. So yeah, really Absolutely. looking forward to this. All righty. So, so first things first. So there's so many ways to really define leadership. And, and what I continue to find as I mature in my career is that the definitions are so vast. And so it's always my first question, Patty. So th the question is, how do you, Patty Clark, define leadership? Sure. Well, I think you hit on something, Karen, with the kind of over the course of your career and the maturity of your career. I do think leadership continues to change and evolve. I think back to when I first started working and in the environment I was in was more one of kind of command and control, kind of like a authoritarian <laughs> environment. You know, I think over time it has evolved. And I think the beauty of it is it can be to kind of your opening comments unique to you and you can be effective if you focus on um, some very common things and for me i like to think about leadership um, as being made up of like two parts or there's two sides of the coin there's the what you do mm -hmm. and how you do it. Mm -hmm. and i think the what you do can be anything from you know, what's the strategy you're putting in place or what needs to be done or what decisions need to be made. It's really important for leaders to really have those in their sights and be clear about which of those are critical um, to their business objectives. But the how, I think, is something that's emerged more over the, the last decade or so. And that's really who are the people, the talent that you need to deliver um, how are you listening to them? How are you bringing their ideas into um, the decision making? How are you engaging them? Um, you know, really kind of bringing the whole person into the mix. And I think, um, you know, the what and how model is something you can apply distinctly to yourself. But they're the two sides that I'm always thinking about. What do I need to get done and how am I going to lead to do that effectively with the people on my team or who I'm collaborating with in the organization. Yeah, yeah, and as you were talking, it made me think about when you think about listening to the employees. So no matter what anyone's title is, whether it has a leadership title in it or not, I really look at individuals within organizations that everyone truly is a leader. And when you have someone like you saying, well, listen, we're going to not only sit down and, and talk to the talent we've got, we're going to listen to what they have and, and what ideas are they bringing to the table really makes me know that what's important at Havas is that everybody shows up whether they're an individual performer or have a leadership title as a leader in their own right. Is that does that make sense? I agree completely, Karen. Mm -hmm. I've long subscribed to the um, definition that every single person is a leader. Mm -hmm. Whatever your space, your specialty is, what your role is, we expect and want you to come in and lead in that space. Um, leadership is not just about titles or number of people reporting to you or budgets. 
it's being the best contributor you can be in the role that you're in. And to your point earlier, that means sharing your ideas for how something in your space might be able to be done better, or even in the larger business that you see an opportunity around. And I think if you can instill that in your organization, you get the benefit of uh, the engagement of the people and everyone participating in the business versus, you know, in some places people end up being passengers, you know, they're kind of there doing a task and finishing that task and going home. And it's not, um, doesn't have the same level of ownership and accountability as everyone is a leader. I love partnership versus passengers along for the ride. And a big distinction, just hearing those two words, because you see immediately what they both mean. So that, yeah, that, that's fabulous. Yes. Every single person is a leader. Indeed. Alrighty. So I'm curious about uh, your values as a leader, because what you just talked about was the what and the how. And the how is really about you know, what is our guiding light? What is going to be our decision-making function that's going to know that I can put a stake in the ground and I can be bold? So, so Patty, when you think of values and, and again, the guiding light piece, can you give us three of your top values that you, that you really monitor your work life with? Sure. I think the First thing I would say is integrity. Mm-hmm. I always say to young employees and even you know the young people in my personal life that your integrity is the one thing you can really own completely. Mm-hmm. No one can take it away from you. Mm-hmm. It is something that you have to cherish and you have to respect. And so I think I've always tried to lead with integrity in terms of how I um, deal with people and situations, et cetera. I also think um, being authentic, you know, I was really open with people when I was a single mother in a big job with two small children. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hide that. I really felt, you know, this is something people need to understand about me. And I'm very open about kind of sharing (laughs) who I am and what my life is. And I think that brings an authenticity um, because it it comes with the the highs and lows. You know, when when something unfortunate happens in your family, you know, you don't just show up at work kind of feeling Mm -hmm. like it's just another day you 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 express you know, sorrow or upsetment, uh, just like when the highs happen and, and the joys that come with that. And I think it's really important. It's very, very difficult to show up every day and check part of yourself at the door. Right. It's a very heavy bag to carry through the day, day in, day out at your job. And so being yourself and, and showing up with that is, is, why you're unique and people um i think over time start to really appreciate that authenticity the final thing i would say karen is i think i i've always had kind of a natural care or empathy for Mm -hmm. people so you know i i do listen and i want to understand what's going on and you know really want to be supportive because you know life's not a straight line stuff happens people have things they have to deal with and you know, I like to be there and understand that and help coach and guide, you know, how you can deal with that, but also still continue to to be effective at work and or sometimes it's a decision of just saying, you know what, 
just write this week off, you know, <laughs> let yes. the calendar turn and pick up next week, give yourself some space and time to deal with whatever you're dealing with. It's more important than these couple of tasks you're so worried about at work, focus on yourself. So it just depends on the situation, but I do think there's a, there's an empathetic side to me. I do think as we look at leadership now and going forward, I do think there's one piece that's gonna be required of, of everyone and that's inclusivity. Mm -hmm. So really inclusive leader. I consider myself an inclusive leader, but I'm also on a learning journey around that right now in terms of how I can be even more inclusive. And, and, you know, to that point, Patty, I think all of us are on that journey and really wanting to make sure that we're paying attention to that along the way. And I think as you talk about that, that's going to go right back to what your three values are. So integrity, authenticity, and care slash empathy I mean, they're all tied with inclusivity. So it's almost like those four, I'll just call them the four, they, they can't almost be broken apart. And, and if you were not authentic, then people wouldn't trust you. If you didn't care, then people wouldn't think you were authentic. Or if you pretended that careness, I mean, you and I've both been around enough people who are like, oh, I'm so sorry. And you're thinking, no, you're not. No. So don't say it. Don't, don't, please. I need people to really be honest about what they're thinking. And so you are three. And then that fourth one really are all tied together. It's kind of like, you, it's like a pretzel. You kind of can't take them apart. That's for sure. And, and so, you know, we're going through in, in this cray cray world I like to talk about is, um, you know, an enormous amount of transition and change. I mean, we could go on and on, you know, just between the global pandemic the social awakening, the economic implications of both. Um, you know, again, we could just keep going on and on if we think about the industries we're in and the businesses that, that we work with. So how do you, Patty, lead through transition and change? I mean, before we got on here, we were talking about, you know, you're in the office today. There's not as many people there. You're not, you're working from home. How do we be creative, innovative, uh, collaborative? So with all this going on, what, where do you get your strength and what do you do to lead through transition and change? Yeah, so obviously, you know, we've had a lot to do for and with our employees regarding the COVID pandemic. And so that's brought, you know, a tremendous amount of change onto the organization to kind of go home on a Friday in March and, yes. you know, be entering the middle of October and still not have come back to the office. And, you know, I think that and then the racial situation in, in North America as well, which has had some just horrific events take place. It's really been a very difficult time for employees. And, and so I think, and, and not being able to kind of be together then makes that even harder. You know, we have spent time kind of um, helping our leaders lead through this. And I, I'll throw myself into that mix as well, because as part of helping them lead, you learn as well. Yes. And, you know, we're really lucky to have a number of partners um, and um, we've uh, done some work with Lisa Stromberg at Prism Work and she has a great term and philosophy around like 21st century leadership and, mm. and um, the inclusivity piece comes into that. And there's really four pillars to that, which are curiosity, connected, courageous and committed. 
And I think these are all things that we've had to embrace, whether dealing with COVID or with what we plan to do in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think what's really helped me is first, the curiosity piece. Mm -hmm. So I think early on, uh, you know, we do a lot of talent experiences where we bring people together from across the globe in one destination and knowing that wasn't going to be happening. Right. Uh, we really had to think differently. I had to think differently. Again, if you go back to kind of the leader setting the strategy and what are the things we're going to be doing and really think about innovating. And, and I think I really enjoyed that challenge because it enabled us to, to really kind of get out of this you know, regular process we were in and start to think about different ways. Our, our CEO, Yannick Bollare, asked me really early on in COVID, you know, what we could do to help employees stay connected. Like, mm -hmm. how could we keep them motivated when, when they're, you know, all at home and they finally figured out the work from home thing, but now, you know, they don't have the benefit of the collaboration and the connection that happens in the office. And, you know, we developed um, really an online kind of news platform that came twice a week called uh, Havas from Home. Nice. And we really um, anchored it on three pillars. One was um, connect, one was learn, and one was be well. And connecting was about let's share stories about what's going on around the various agencies and networks things that are happening with people um, as they learn to work from home and learn to be teachers as well to yes, their children. Exactly. The learning piece was we really felt like there's so much that happens um, kind of organically in the office around learning as well as real programming. So we, we really wanted to make sure people still had that kind of stimuli and that they, they had access to everything from webinars that some of our leaders participated in to really soft skill training that we developed online. And then, you know, the final piece was be well, which was something we felt really strongly about mm. because obviously, you know, kind of mental health and wellness has been a challenge for everybody with the environmental changes, changes to your routine, to your diet, to exercise, you name it. So this platform really has become something that employees have come to rely on mm. and it's become a collaborative um, initiative where we're, they're sending us as many stories as we create. So it's amazing to have things come in from all over the globe around those three pillars and, and to see it evolve. It's evolved into, we're now um, a weekly publication called Life at Havas. Wow. And rich set of materials around what's happening around the networks. I'd also just say the other thing, I think the courageous piece when you talk about the work we're doing around diversity, equity, and inclusion, I think, you know, you have to lean in and it's not always mm -hmm. comfortable. You have to have the courage to go down paths that you may not have gone down before mm -hmm. and and to go openly and and to know you're going to learn and and also to know you may not get it right every time, but that's a learning in its own right as mm -hmm. well. And through the process of, you know, our industry was really committed to sharing the diversity numbers and Havas was committed to doing that as well. However, you know, I felt really strongly we needed to share a plan as well. So I worked with our North America leaders um, and, you know, we developed a seven point plan that's called Commit to Change. And it really clearly articulated kind of 
where we were going to be committed in the beginning of this journey, which will, you know, be a journey that takes on many chapters. And as part of that, I had conversations with many of our black and employees of color. And, you know, I wanted to understand what's their experience like? What are the things that aren't great about their experience at Havas? Because it was going to be tremendous insight to be able to develop this plan. And so, you know, I think that kind of goes across kind of courageous and connected because being connected, I learned a lot and that was able to help form where we needed to put the focus around our plans. So I, I do think, you know, there's the kind of curiosity and being connected, courageous and committed all kind of fit for both the pandemic situation yes. as well as the work we're doing around DEI. And I would say just personally on the um, DEI end of things, is I continue kind of my own learning journey, mm-hmm. reading. Um, I really got a lot out of the book, White Fragility. Mm-hmm. And so you want to talk about race. Um, and so I'm continuing kind of my own personal journey there as well as what I'm doing at work because I know I need to grow in that space as well. Yeah. And the fact that you commit to change and it's a seven point plan, you're right. The numbers will say one thing and it's okay and great that Havas would be willing to share those numbers. And then there has to be an add on to that because you can't just share the numbers and have expectations that things will shift, things will change unless there's a plan in place. And it takes a lot of courage to talk And to put again the stake in the ground, Patty, because now this is something that can be evaluated and measured and there are going to be additional numbers placed against it. So it's a big thing. And and when you think about any type of transition or change, you know, Patty, it's all about me. It's all about me. And so you're, you're really being out there and really looking at, you know, connect, learn, be well. I mean, again, you're getting all these stories and what's it about? It's about me, but it's global. So you get to see, oh, my goodness, I'm not alone. Oh, my goodness, this is so fabulous. Somebody in France or somebody in wherever, Germany and somebody in the U.S., oh, you're going through the same thing. That builds community. And, you know, Patty, that's what so many people are missing, the community of my work family. Yeah, yeah. And the plan we developed, just one final note, um, the, the Commit to Change plan, while initially focused on North America, a number of the initiatives that are in there, we believe are scalable globally mm-hmm. and yeah. in other markets. So we already have active work going on in our um, UK office who already were doing a lot of great stuff and they're evolving their charter as a result. Even in, I'm doing work with our Paris office in terms of what their plan is going to look like. So it is, you know, uh, we, we do have work to do, yeah. obviously, in North America, and that's the primary focus, but it is global in nature in terms of how we're looking at it as a group. Yeah. And, and here's the key word, Patty, that you just said, and you said it more than once evolve because you start and you have to reevaluate and you have to be like, oh, this is good for now. And, oh, it can be better because we're listening to our employees and we're going to take feedback and then we're going to evolve it. Oh, and then we're going to evolve it again. I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be continuous evolution is what I'll say. And it might start start in North American, you know, better than anybody across cultures, it's going to be different. And there can be that template to help each of the demographics and geographies move forward. Fabulous. Love, love, love it. Okay. So 
the best leaders are curious. You just talked about it and always learning. You just talked about that. And you talked a little bit about the tools and resources you've used to continually grow and develop. So, so what do you do for your people? Like, what do you do to develop? I mean, you're global talent, Patty. So it's not just your direct reports. I mean, you, you, you've got some responsibility across Havas Group. So, so do tell. Sure. So I think if you speak to people on my team or to people that have worked with me in the past, um, they'd say I keep a pretty high bar, I'm tough, but I'm fair. And they definitely figure out the kind of the magic behind that because the growth that happens in the moment, sometimes they can't figure it out. But when they grow and <laughs> and they move into bigger roles and take on additional responsibility, all of a sudden they kind of like figure it all out. And I do think quite often, especially with, you know, some some women that are um, younger in their careers, sometimes they don't set the bar high enough for themselves. They may not see all of the capabilities that they have and what they can, you know, strive to achieve or aspire to be. And that kind of leads into some of our global programming, which um, you had mentioned earlier, Fem Forward, which is our program, which is about advancing uh, women in the organization. And we have very good numbers in terms of the number of women that are in um, CEO to managing director level type roles. I think we have 37% the last time I pulled the numbers on that across the group. Wow. Um, but we did see a problem with like kind of our senior manager director level women not getting promoted or matriculating as fast as the men. And so Fem Forward was born um, really to help solve that problem. And um, it's a very unique program in that it's um, focused on, first of all, helping them understand themselves, which is where Lumina comes in. And Lumina is a great partner um, to us at Havas, and we leverage it in a lot of our programs. For Fem Forward, it really was quite enlightening for people to be able to better understand who they are as a leader and really embrace it. Yeah, not be upset with themselves that something that was a strength they might feel is may have in the past not felt it was a strength. So, you know, we give them the opportunity to get to know themselves as a leader. We work on some very specific skill development. We introduce them to a lot of inspirational women leaders, both from Havas and friends and clients of Havas. What's most profound about that is they're shocked at people's career paths. Uh, they, oh, you mean they, that it's they, not a straight line as we were talking yeah. about earlier? <laughs> somebody sitting up at, on that you know panel saying, and then I just decided I was going to go move to this other country, and like they're they're <laughs> they're kind of like, oh my word, you could actually do that. So it really helps give them a lot of insight into um, you know leadership as well as what's possible, it kind of breaks down some of those false paradigms that they have in their heads. They leave the program with an advancement plan, which is something that they've designed. And it's really targeting kind of where they wanna go and how they wanna get there. And we've had great success with the women that participate in it. We've done it all around the world. And for the people who've completed the program, which is about a six month program, after they're out of it for a year, we have a 50% promotion rate and a 90% retention rate. So we're super pleased with that because they're growing and they're staying, which is yes. fantastic. 
Yeah. Very- um, another thing that's been fascinating about it is just because you've touched on the global is we went into it with the hypothesis that the experience in London would be different than the one with APAC versus Latin America, et cetera. And we basically, everybody said exactly the same thing in every session. The women were all like the whole, the world is flat. That kind of demographic at that age, everybody was thinking and feeling the same things. There was no cultural difference whatsoever. Wow. Wow. And we found that to be stunning. And literally, you know, it was really an amazing thing to kind of experience and hear the exact same thing come out of the their mouths no matter where they are in the world. Yeah, um, and I think part of that program, because I participated with you and Havas, Patty, is the fact that so many of them, those women through that program are given permission to be who they are at this point in time and recognize that there is light you know, wow, there are opportunities. Wow. I never thought about that. And so to have, have that ability to be able to say, oh, this is who I am at this point in time. Oh, and I have options. I mean, the advancement plan alone gives them so much freedom to think, wow, I really can have some dreams here. And after you hear some of those women speaking, Heck, I had dreams after it. I was like, woohoo, I know what else I can do. So, uh, yeah, it's inspiring, but it, it, it also allows it's a much higher like honor of themselves. Yes. And once, once you have that, then it really opens the doors and the ability to kind of think about what else you want to do or tackle some issue or, you know, problem you had that you didn't have the courage to do before. So we're super pleased with that. But back to your, question, you know, more broadly, we have, you know, a high potential leader program called NextGen. We have a program called LOFTS, which is our mobility program where people can go spend a month in another country at another agency with a peer-like coach. Obviously, that's on pause right now, but um, we'll look forward to resuming that. What used to be kind of like our employee engagement survey has really um, evolved and become a broad touch base of where are employees, how are we doing, mm-hmm. are they, do they feel they belong? It not just kind of that standard, are they engaged in getting their work done? Um, and we'll be evolving that more this year. And I'm really pleased that over the years our leaders have now taken this as it's a really critical assessment and lever they use to look at the health of businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another thing that that we do. And um, you know through the period of uh, the pandemic, we've also developed a, a new information learning um, series called Chat Rooms, mm-hmm. where we bring in Havas and external speakers on cutting edge topics and have a facilitated panel. And we've had extraordinary success. We just ran one last week. Um, we had about a thousand employees on it and the rate of participation and engagement is significant. And to your point, like it's another way we've had to look at learning differently mm-hmm. since you can't bring people into a space together and, and have them kind of have an experience and become a community. We're doing it in different ways so that they can keep learning and growing, whether it be Life at Havas or chat rooms. Some of our traditional program we've kept moving along where we already had groups started, where we've adjusted the content so that we can do more um, virtual learning to keep them moving along um, until such time that we can bring them back together in person. 
Yeah. And it, and I think that whole concept of virtual learning, I mean, everybody's doing it. And the fact that you were able to keep programs moving along. Okay. We can't be together in a room. However, we can continue the program because once you, if you cut that off, then all of a sudden it's that whole community, that whole collaboration, that whole innovation thing moves away. And that's not good for anyone. That's for sure. Nice. No, I think what we've tried to do is have a variety of um, like everybody learns differently Correct. and the online learning module might not be the thing for everybody. So we've tried to have like some of these are just, you know, you're, you're tapping into a conversation and some might be more formal and have more structure of learning around it. So really depends on the individual, but I think we have a variety of things that we've tried to offer. And again, what we talked about earlier about being everybody's unique and so they're going to learn in a different way. And so to have options available to them to still feel like they're part of something bigger than them is really important for the employees. And the other thing about that, Patty, is, you know, if you think about it from an employee perspective and you look around and, you know, we're, we're all where we are and to know that your leadership team, whoever that might be, is really making an effort to make sure that you you are learning, that you're participating, that you feel like you're part of something bigger is a big deal because it's lonely sometimes by yourself. Even if you have kids, even if you have animals, all of that, you know, we miss being together. So uh, the more that can be created, and it would give me as an employee great comfort to know th that my leadership team was paying attention to the fact that it impacts me and, and I need from a wellness perspective, really a big deal. I think the, like it's, the bar has never been higher for managers or leaders of people because mm -hmm you know, you have to have a much higher sensing um, ability uh, because you're dealing with everything over a screen. Yeah. And so really kind of watching for signs with your employees that they might be struggling, making sure your communication is clear, you know, that you, you don't get the benefit of kind of like the, the bantering around in a room anymore. The, for people who lead people, it's a time where you have to really be tuned in because um, I think it's the the stretch has been much longer than any of us anticipated, and people are doing their best, but they still need to be supported and know that their leaders are there for them. Right. And if we go back uh, and think about your you know original concept of um, what and how, leaders now have to bring their whole selves to work, and they have to have an expectation that they're going to you know, do that day in and day out. And that may not be some of our leaders' gifts. And yet from a stretch perspective, that would be some of the learning that would have to be done. Yeah, for sure. And that's why we also have to keep helping our leaders. Yes. Because you know, quite a lot they've had to carry over the last months. And, you know, everyone's doing their best, but there's some who need more support and help. And there's others where, you know, they might have it. So, we're trying to keep that dialogue going as well so that they can support the employees. Patty, just a few balls in the air, just a few balls in the air. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All righty. So, so let's get to my last question. Um, and, and this is really back to the whole self because, you know, my belief is we all have to find 
joy that we bring into the work environment. And so outside of your work, what piece of art or culture, music or literature, whatever it is, fills you up, Patty, so you can do what you're doing for a living and paying attention to the employees of, of Havas? Yeah, it's a great question. I think well, you and I have had this conversation before because you're a Jersey girl. So <laughs> I'm going to, I would say that the place where I get both, I would say comfort as well as the ability to think mm. and be inspired is when I'm at the beach or near the water. And as you know, I recently moved and I'm close to the water and there's just something so calming and that just allows my mind to kind of become free that yeah. I'm really kind of taking advantage of that. I've added to it um, sunrise because oh. uh, where I live, I can get some, I can walk and get some pretty awesome sunrises over the water. And I think with all the challenges and uh, complexity and stress that is uh, kind of in our world right now, there's something about the sunrise that it's the start of yet another new day mm -hmm. where you can put whatever happened yesterday behind you and start with a clean slate and yet it's so powerful and so beautiful with all the colors. So the combination of kind of the water and the sunrise has really been kind of my go-to, especially when my dog gets up even earlier so that I can kind of combine <laughs> a walk and um, sunrise and start my day off feeling really energized and motivated. Um, and, and so that's something that's been a go-to for me of late. I love it. And, and, you know, Patty, to witness a sunrise, it's so much bigger than we are. It's so much, it, it's going to come up every single day and to be able to say, okay, today's a new day. What, what's my intention for today? So yeah. that tomorrow it's going to be another new day and it can really reframe what you think about yesterday. <laughs> Cause you think, all right, well, the sun's back again. So it, it just, yeah, that, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And combine that with, I recently made a, um, I've been, in, I'm kind of towards the end of a 30 day yoga commitment. Wow. So doing the yoga, watching the sunrise with a little water, oh. that whole attention oh. piece, oh. it just, kind of enables starting every day with a joy and intention and, and happiness, despite all the noise going on. Yeah. And there's a lot of noise going on. Yes, that's for is. sure. <laughs> well, good for you. My goodness. So, so Patty, I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, thank you for your, um, brilliance and your insights and your candor and your vulnerability and your integrity. I mean, I could go on and on. I'm it, it's, and I could keep talking to you. We could just keep talking, oh, but, yes. but of we course, of course, everybody's going to be like, well, those two Jersey <laughs> girls just be quiet for a minute. <laughs> and the answer is no. Um, so we're really, really grateful for, for your wise words and your wisdom. And, and so I thank you very, very much for that, Patty. And so with that said, we're going to sign off. Any last words, Miss Patty? I just, thank you, Karen. It's been um, really a pleasure and, and quite a um, 
joyful hour of my day. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. All righty then. So thanks for listening. I'm Karen Colligan, and you've been listening to Patty Clark, who is a global chief talent officer for the Havas Group. Till the next episode of the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast, have a good one. And don't forget to keep it real. Music by Poddington Bear and editing by Mary Lee Williams. Thanks again. Have a good one. Bye now.